0: Is your life shaped by little things? I know that my life is shaped by little things. Sometimes little things that happen in our life tend to go on and shape our lives for years and decades to come. Even as a child, someone said, Pastor Muse, you should become a pastor. Well, they called me Kurt back then. Even when I was a D.C., someone said, have you missed your calling? You should become a pastor. I remember my wife and I, when I was a D.C.E., our senior pastor at that time, took an afternoon and... Drove us to the seminary in Fort Wayne and heard that same message. Just little words said to me, little things tended to be life changing. And if it wasn't for that, I would not be here this morning. You ever had a doctor visit and some of your numbers were off? Whether your blood pressure, your blood count, doctors notice maybe something very little, and little things can change a lot. Maybe lead you to have a healthier life. Or maybe they found something much more severe. Little things shape our lives. Is that at a national youth gathering in Atlanta a number of years ago with 30,000 youth. I remember walking out of a dome there in Atlanta and I ran to another pastor who said, you know, our church just happens to be looking for a DCE. And God led me there, which ultimately led me to the seminary. Just a little chance meeting among 30,000 people shaped my life. I'm trying to get my bearings straight. I think it's two or three blocks over that way. It's about 34 years ago. On Halloween, a young lady came up to me, um, crisp and cute and full of life. She said hi to me. And I don't think I need to tell you who that person is. It just ended up what? Marrying her. You know who I am. Just little chance encounters. That was before the Halloween parade at the church and school. We put together a float. Little things change our life a lot. And then about seven, eight months ago, our daughter came in last summer, and she shared with us an ultrasound that I'll be a what? It's a little picture of a little human life. Little things mean a lot. Has your life been changed by just little things, little chance encounters, little detections by a doctor, maybe little things that people have said to you that have changed your life dramatically? And so Jesus, Jesus changes our life sometimes just with a few simple words. Um, So this Lent season, the the, the journey we've taken since um, Ash Wednesday have led us this glorious morning. We've been focusing on the parables of our Lord. And a parable is an earthly story with what? Yes, and it's an iron fist inside a velvet glove. Parables punch truth. And so Jesus tells a rather short but simple parable that's really a little thing that makes huge changes not only to our lives but the life of a world around us. He tells us a parable of a mustard seed, that even a mustard seed, you can see how small it is, even a mustard seed that's planted will lead to the biggest bush and tree in the garden. And he tells us that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, that sometimes the smallest things that get planted lead to be the greatest blessings. And we'll talk more about that throughout our service. Because today, what turned out to be a rather insignificant morning to many has really... Led to a major change in our world because today Christians gather globally. Friends in Christ, there is not a continent, there's not a nation, there's virtually not a language, there's not a time zone in which millions, if not hundreds of millions of people, are doing exactly what you're doing today. They're gathering to worship on Easter Sunday because Christ is risen. You see, from just a little small thing, came a life and world-altering event that has shaped lives for thousands of years. Little things about Jesus, the little things in the Bible, tend to be world-changing. Didn't God tell Adam and Eve in the garden that he placed them in, made his own image, you may eat from any fruit of the tree that's in the garden, except the one that's where? In the middle, and we all know the story how deception and temptation and Adam and Eve fell into sin. And you and I daily live in that cataclysmic catastrophe of sin. We see it in the news we experience it in our lives. The mere fact that we're wearing masks today shows the effects of sin. Just that little thing, do not eat of the tree for the tree, came sin and the tragedy that we see in the world around us. But that's not the last word. Jeez, God promised them this little thing, he will bruise your heel and you will crush his skull. And then we have that little baby born, which we celebrated a few months ago in a stable in a manger. And he went to that little place in Galilee, and Nazareth, what good can from, come from it. And we hear Jesus, who is despised by many, and his death in a garbage dump outside of Jerusalem and being placed in someone else's tomb, how little things have changed the world And it was on Easter morning about 2,000 years ago that Mary and Mary Magdalene and Peter, they just went to treat the dead body. And let's focus on Mary. And Mary's weeping because she doesn't know where the body is. And someone looked inside the tomb and didn't see the body there. And there she heard the voice, Why are you weeping? Do not be afraid, it is I. And the angel said, Why do you seek the living among the dead? And yet from little things come great blessings. Those little things, people, that people didn't think much about, Mary, Mary, Magdalene, and Peter, comes that little message that has led to life and earth and world-changing events, because just look at ourselves today. There's an extra pop in our step, and we're we're dressed with brighter colors, and there seems to be hope in the air from little things, that little message that he is not here, he's risen, as he said, how that has been life-changing. Can you all share that with me What's on the screen? The life-changing words that millions, hundreds of millions of Christians confess today. I, together, know that my Redeemer lives. What sweet comfort this sentence gives. He lives, he lives, who once was dead. Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. Yes, hallelujah. You see, Jesus tells a parable today of the mustard seed, and you already know the framework of it. And in this parable, the meaning becomes clear. The garden is the world. The seed is Jesus. The planter is God, and the tree is the church. And birds enjoy the tree. From just that simple seed of Jesus' life, his death, and resurrection, comes that great plant, the church, and even tree birds come and hang out there. You see, that's affected you and I. That tree, that church, the miracle of Jesus' death and resurrection that gave birth to his family of believers. Have you ever grafted a different plant into a tree that already existed? You ever heard of that? Now, I'm not very good with plants, but I've heard of people who can take an apple tree and yet grow various other fruits on it, like peaches and plums and pears and other form of apples. If you cut it just right and you're able to insert another living, living uh, twig into it, it'll grow. That's you and I. We've been inserted there in just small things. Can I ask you... How many of you began your life in Christ baptized at that font? Yeah, number of hands. That's right. How many of you first heard the Word of God at our preschool, our Sunday school, our school here? How many heard that? Can you raise your hand? Yes. From just those little things comes your life and life changing events and hopes that you have. How many of you here, first from maybe another member of our church, heard the gospel that Jesus died and rose for you? Raise your hand. Yes. From just those little things, you and I have been grafted into that large tree, that large bush. From just little words that were shared, Jesus Christ died and rose for you. Jesus died for you and I, sinners. And we're grafted in that tree, and we're part of the Christian church. What a blessing that is. And you see, that tree continues to grow, and it grows amazingly, even yet today in the spring of 2021. You wouldn't guess if I tell you where the largest gathering of Lutherans would be in about a decade from now. They're right about there with us in America. Anyone guess the country where, where the most Lutherans will be in 10 years from now about? It's called Ethiopia. The tree is growing in places never heard of 40, 50 years ago. It's true. There are Lutheran churches in Germany that have rather gone rather dormant, that are now filling up. Catechism classes are full. From Who? Islamic converts who heard the good news that Jesus Christ died for them. They understand the law. They never heard the gospel that Jesus died and rose for them. The Lutheran Church and the Christian Church continues to explode in places like what? Togo and Madagascar in East Africa. Right now, while I speak at both of our seminaries, there's nearly as many international students going to the seminary there as there are American students going to the seminary there. Our seminaries now are preparing pastors globally. There are churches around the world, like in Kazakhstan, Ethiopia, that are begging for Lutheran seminaries to open up, and even places like Uganda, in which God's church continues to grow. And by the way, ready for this? They can't find enough small catechisms. That's how rich the church is growing. It's blossoming, and even here in Defiance, Ohio. Yeah, it's true. There's adults and people who still here in Defiance County, Ohio, say, I want to be baptized. I want to come to life with God. I never heard the gospel message, and I believe. You see, the miracle of Easter is from that little mustard seed comes that great tree, and it continues to grow in places we never thought of. And today, I'll say it again, there's not a time zone. There's not a nation. There's probably not a language, and people have not heard that Jesus Christ died for them. Christianity is arguably... The single most successful, single most successful in the history of mankind. Today, nearly two billion people confess Christ as Lord and that number continues to grow. That bush in the garden is the largest of them all. You see, from little things, great things have come. From the simple message of Mary, don't be afraid, I'm here, to Peter and the disciples, look as the tree has blossomed and has grown. Now, the tree blessed and grows more with the joyful news. Can you read it with me? I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though they die, they shall live forever. And it's true for you and me, the individual, and it changes our lives for those of us here who repent and believe. It's true for us. We have eternal life. For us, A are called to repentance and believe. I want to talk about birds. You see, on that great church... Jesus says that birds will come. And there will be different types of birds. Some birds representing people who believe, and some won't believe. Some birds hang out for a little bit on the tree of the church and fly away, and some come back. Some make nests there and invite other birds to come and join them. That's the power of the word. You see, friends in Christ, just because I'm a bird that lands on the tree of the Christian church doesn't make me a Christian. Just because I'm in church doesn't make me a Christian any more than you and I being in a garage makes us a car. Or you and I being in a bank and makes us rich. Or you and I going to the barber or the beauty salon and making us hot. Or you and I being in a baseball stadium and making us millionaires. No, just because we hang out in a tree doesn't make us a believer. But through the tree we hear the word, we receive the sacrament, and we believe We know that tree is a church that is Jesus Christ who blesses us. Yes, believers and unbelievers hang out in the tree. That's how big it is. And some use the tree until they're done with it and fly away. And some will come back because they know it's life-giving. The little mustard seed turns to the big seed the church that proclaims the message of Jesus. Even Jesus said this himself when he was crucified. When I, the Son of Man, am lifted up, I'll draw all people to myself. And we see that here today. Yes, here at St. John and here around the world. There are real spiritual blessings about being this tree for us who are baptized, who repent and believe. I'd like to share some of those with you now. The first blessing is hope. When we belong to the tree of the church as believers, we have hope. We have hope of eternal life. As I've done many times, I've been involved in many deathbeds and visiting people on their deathbed. I remember a number of years ago that uh, one of our members was nearing death, and, and the family gathered, and the grandchildren gathered together as well. Sort of a sad time. And we were in a hospital room, and, I, and, and as a, the moment of his death neared, I remember visiting one day, and one of the grand, his grandchildren, he had like a 7- or 8-year-old grandson, and there's like a marker board. You ever been in a hospital room? There's a marker board. It shares who your nurse is, who your doctor is, shares some of your vitals, what's, what's, what's going on, what type of medicines you're receiving, what type of treatment. And the grandson, seven or eight years old, said, he wrote this. He took a mark and wrote this. Dear Grandpa, I know that one day I won't see you again here in this hospital, but I'll see you again in heaven. That's what he wrote on the board for him to see. Dear Grandpa, I won't see you again here in this hospital, but I'll see you in heaven. See, being part of that tree means we have hope. We have hope for eternal life. What's the other blessing? Well, we're the communion of saints. We're a family. We're a family that cares for one another. I'll go back to the hospital scene. can't tell you how many times I've been in a hospital and visiting with someone. Sometimes I'm sitting, sometimes visits are short. Uh, depending on the situation, sometimes my visits are longer. And once in a while, a doctor or technician will come in and they need to talk to the patient. And there I begin looking around the room and I'll see flowers and I'll see balloons and I'll see a number of cards. And as I look a little closer, those balloons and flowers and cards are church members. There's church members who send those things saying, I'm praying for you. You see, we in the tree, we belong to the communion of saints. We care for one another. We're the body of Christ. We support one another. We have hope. We're a family. And there's true diversity. We hear a lot about diversity today, but the Christian church is the most diverse institution on earth. John says this in Revelation, that when heaven is together after Christ comes back, that he'll see a people from every tribe, language, nation around the world, all wearing white robes, all forgiven by Christ, and they'll represent every group on earth that's truly diverse. It's just not a political agenda or something we have to work for. If we simply proclaim the message that Jesus Christ died for all, the church is diverse. From all nations. I know it sounds odd, but right now Africa has been sending missionaries to America. It's true. Africans have been sending missionaries to America. The church is is truly diverse. Um, Even us here, even us here, we're diverse. No, we are. Some of us root for the right team and some of us root for the wrong team, right? Okay, no comments. Um, We have different political views, don't we, right? We have different careers. We have different hobbies. We have different likes, Correct. We have different family situations. We come from different backgrounds. We have different histories. We have different health issues. We truly are diverse here. We are. We're probably more diverse here than whole society is in different ways. But yet we're part of the tree. We've all been gathered together as believers in Jesus. And finally, we joyfully serve. That's what the church does. Now I've asked you have been to the Easter egg hunt. Because Easter egg hunt, and there's another one that takes place afterwards. I'm too old. I tried, okay? Um, But anyways, if you bring spare change, Cassie, our DC intern, she's collecting spare change to give to a Christian disability ministry in Fort Wayne. The church continues to serve. And then next week, we will remember a servant of our school and church, Mrs. McGee, who served for 33 years. We serve one another. We'll celebrate that gift. And wasn't it just the Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts who bought a three weeks ago gathered food from the community, I filled our pantries and other pantries. It isn't a Tuesday at 10 also. What are they doing? They're doing a drive-through meal, I believe that's how I call it, for Ravens. And I don't mean to leave anyone out because the list can go on and on. You see, those who hang on the tree, believers part of that tree, we serve one another. There's hope, there's family, there's true diversity, real diversity, and we joyfully serve. Little things mean a lot. That little baby born who was crucified terribly between thieves, who was stuck in someone else's tomb, to who is Mary and Peter and all those people proclaim that message, has changed the world and changed our lives for eternity. Christ is risen. Is risen Hallelujah. Our lives are touched by rather small things. A little baby born in a stable. And someone crucified in a Roman torture device, and stuck in an empty tomb, and yet Jesus tells a parable of a little mustard seed—the miracle of faith and God's power of His word and sacrament in our lives. So, friends in Christ, how about this for a closing thought? Can you read it with me? He lives, He lives. All glory to His name. He lives, my Jesus, still the same. All the sweet joy this sentence gives. I know that my Redeemer lives. And all God's people say...